0: Welcome back to the Mindset Matters podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Alanis, current Juco Bandit, and most importantly, follower of Christ, on a mission to get myself and every listener 1% better. Each week, this podcast brings you a message or a special guest to help you discover why your mindset matters. Thank you for listening, and let's get right into it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. I know it's been a few weeks, but I was blessed to experience some life, so I wasn't able to record, but I'm stoked to be back, got some things to say that have been put on my heart, I'm happy you're here, and hope you've had a great start to the week. Now, let's get right into it. Put yourself in the shoes of a recent high school graduate. Let's say you already started out a pretty smart kid, yet throughout high school you still had the mindset to not get complacent and you chose to get better every day to reach your personal potential. So you get straight A's all four years, got through all the AP classes and tests, SATs, ACTs, the whole nine yards. Every admissions office and academic counselors fantasy. Every university you applied to sent back an acceptance letter. You graduate at the top of your class and the sky's the limit for you. All you have to do is continue to get better each day. Yet, despite all that, you are still unaware of your worth, and in a rush, you choose the safety school, settling for a run-of-the-mill college that was the first to send an acceptance letter to you, a school that was never intended for a person like you. Sometimes in life we settle for run-of-the-mill things, things that God never intended for us, situations in which if we apply a little patience and trust that God's plan and His perfect timing is what's best for us especially if we're aiming for our personal potential, according to his plan and purpose for us. So why would you settle for someone that God never intended for you? For my people out there rushing into relationships, why would you get into a relationship just because they were the first to send an acceptance letter? For my people out there chasing good looks, money, or other material things, don't get me wrong, those are all nice and blessings for sure, But if you're chasing after someone for the things they can give you that ain't it. I get that loneliness is a real giant to deal with and sharing life with someone seems like such a hot commodity which don't get me wrong with the right person is one of the greatest blessings in life but it's good to be picky and we definitely shouldn't abandon our values and standards to be with someone. On the contrary If a significant other doesn't agree, respect, or abide by those values and standards, then do yourself a favor and keep on moving, because I can assure you, you'd be settling for a run-of-the-mill school, one that was never intended for you. It is better to be alone and happy and growing than to be in a relationship and miserable and regressing. On top of that, it's really important to reframe your thinking to not see singleness as a bad thing, and to take it as a potential season of growth and straightening your path. Not to say that lightly, it will take some work, but nothing worth it comes without effort. For most of my life, and no offense to my past significant others, but I look back on those times and I realize I definitely got in relationships just for the sake of being in a relationship, and to not be quote-unquote alone. I would forsake my worth, my path, and my potential to take the first acceptance letter. Not to mention the fact that my past relationships have never really had God at the center, which is partly my fault, but it's no wonder things didn't work out. But I've come to understand that there's practical ways to prepare yourself to be the person you need to be. And we're talking long-term here. The person you need to be in God's eyes for your future self, your future spouse, and your future family. First off, we need to understand that Christ is sufficient. We don't need anything other than Jesus. And the Holy Spirit dwelling in those who know the Lord is more than enough for us, just as it says in Colossians chapter 2. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9, God tells us my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. It's important to understand that when we find God, He forms us into who we are meant to be. And more often than not, God keeps you in a season of isolation to help you realize all you need is Him. And as you understand that more and more, you seek Him more and more, you begin to grow more and more, molding you into the person He's planned all along. The danger is that when you believe you need someone, in the back of your head that someone becomes just as high on the list as Jesus is, making that someone an idol, and by becoming dependent on someone more than or the same as the Lord, we give that person the power to make or break us, which is cute, but what happens if that relationship doesn't work out, or they move away, or God forbid something happens to them? you'll end up shattered, which all comes back to God letting you experience a season of isolation, helping you realize all you need is him, and in him, you are complete. Now don't get it twisted, there's nothing wrong with desiring a relationship. As early as the second chapter of the Bible, in Genesis 2, God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper, comparable to him. Then bada bing bada boom. God performed the world's first surgery, and out of Adam's rib, he made Eve. But it's crucial to keep in mind that in order to get a companion comparable to you, and not just some run-of-the-mill girl or guy, it requires God's choice and timing. Just as it was God's doing to give Adam a wife, not Adam's choice or timing. (laughs) That's kind of funny, I just realized Adam didn't even really get a say. He just woke up and bam, there was a girl. What's great is that unlike Adam, with our free will we have the freedom to choose singleness or marriage. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 that we have a right to take on a believing wife. I mean, duh, marriage is something God designed. Paul also writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, both marriage and singleness should be considered gifts, which each of them have their own blessings and benefits. The blessings of singleness is the sole relationship with God, being able to entirely devote yourself to him and his will for your life. To be able to grow to the best of your ability without having to be responsible for anyone but yourself. And with marriage, well, obviously it has its benefits. Paul also writes, If we cannot exercise self-control, we should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. It's no secret that temptation is real for all of us. And in this highly sexualized society we live in nowadays, that temptation is out in the open. So, if you have the desire for intimacy, get married. God definitely does his part in making a companion meant for you, as we can see in Genesis. But we also must do our part to be built up, to be ready for marriage, putting in the work while we wait, to be spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and financially ready. To be deserving of the child of God that he planned for us. But back to what I was saying, the priority should always be God, as he is our first love. Giving our ambitions to God, all the while being ambitious for God. 1 John 4.19 says, we love because he first loved us. I love the scene from Jesus Revolution where Greg Glory tells his girlfriend, I, I think her name was Kathy. But anyways, he said, if you get in between me and God, we're done. And it was funny, but that's for real. And if you haven't seen that movie, definitely check it out. It's now on Netflix, I believe, so no excuses. If either one or both of you are not living for God and by God, waking up each day, choosing to live in the spirit and not the flesh, then it's going to be hard to get along. Because when you're with someone and the trials that life throws at you inevitably come, you need a God-fearing man or woman of character. Someone without the qualities and character that comes with loving the Lord will definitely make the struggles harder and they may even potentially leave when things get tough. You need someone you can go to war with, someone you trust with your life to go into battle with you. And this right here is ground zero. Just like anything that lasts, it's important to build a firm foundation. And a big part of that is being equally yoked, as it says in 2 Corinthians 6.14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? See, Paul is warning believers that we really have no business associating ourselves with unbelievers, let alone marrying them. Paul explains it perfectly. What fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? One person is following one path, and the other is following another. Amos 3.3 3 says, can two walk together unless they agree? Well, no. There you go. When seeking for a significant other, it's also important to be able to evaluate good character. Looks are great and all, but with time they fade. It's how you interact with one another that matters. For my guys, keep in mind Proverbs 31.30, which says, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. And that goes for the girls too. Our ideal spouses, and honestly any kind of relationship, whether it be intimate or friendship, should be with those who love the Lord. In 1 John 2, verses 15 and 16, they say, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And I've got more to say about this in part two, so definitely tune in next week. And for the girls, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 says, For the husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Guys and girls, you need a God-fearing and God-loving man or woman with character and values, not just a pretty face or a nice body because looks can deceive and will fade with time. Guys, we gotta build ourselves up to imitate Christ and his love for the church. And that's a big C in church, meaning all believers, not just a small local church. We are called to love our wives in the same way, the same sacrificial love, putting her needs and others' needs before ours, whether that be sacrificing our time, energy, effort, money, whatever it be. 1 John 3, verse 16 says, By this we know love because he, Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers, meaning those who follow him. My next point is that love isn't an emotion, it's an action, and although sometimes love involves emotion, it's not all the time. Think about how loving parents have things they don't want to do, but out of love for their kids, they do it anyway, An even better example is Jesus taking the cross. The Bible tells us he was filled with sorrow because he knew the pain he would endure as he was waiting to be crucified. He even prayed asking God the Father to take this cup from him, meaning to let this pass over and his life be spared, if it be God's will. But he knew God's will. He knew the fate and salvation of all of us who believe in him depended on him taking the cross. So out of his love for us, he sacrificed his life for our salvation. Because of this, we know the ultimate form of love is putting others' needs before our own, no matter the cost. So in a healthy relationship, it's important to know you not only need to take care of your needs, but your significant others' needs come before that, and eventually your children's needs. We cannot do this of our own strength, though as I'm sure every one of us has experienced burnout when we rely on our own strength. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. And to hear about that, you're going to have to tune in next week to part two. I appreciate you guys sticking around and listening in. And like I mentioned earlier, this is something that God's put on my heart and that I've wanted to talk about for a while. So I hope it can help someone out there struggling with singleness or, you know, whatever the case may be. And if you're in a relationship, I hope you're doing right by them and that you never take them for granted. Now, before I let you go, make sure you're subscribed, have the notifications on, and send this to a single person. So with that being said, thanks for listening. Love you guys. So until next time, stay positive, love others, have a good week, and God bless.